You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Right, thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshi Den. I'm here in Copenhagen, Denmark, and I I, I don't know when I'm going to be releasing this, but um, this is December 7th, which is Pearl Harbor Day in Japan. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Pearl Harbor, yesterday I arrived in December 6th in Copenhagen. It was one of the coldest uh, night here, storm. I got stuck in uh, the middle of uh, Sweden. It took me 12 hours to get to Copenhagen. I'm here with my friend Unar, who was kind enough to uh, pick me up and to carry me yesterday and today. And this episode is pr- uh, sponsored by Midnight Ice Cream, the quality skateboard and skateboarding clothes from Seattle. And uh, I also dedicate this episode to Illegal, the magazine in Copenhagen. Illegal magazine dot DK. DK stands for um, Denmark. And Michael Olson provides this magazine for addicts to sell in Copenhagen, and uh, they will, the seller will take 40% to uh, feed his or her drug habit, and um, no matter how you feel about it, these are people needs our help, and uh, crime has dropped quite a bit in Copenhagen as well. So please check out Nickel, uh, Michael Olson's uh, clip on Vice, and I uh, had a terrific time interviewing him today as well. So anyway... Um, I'm delighted. I'm here at uh, uh, Man is for Real Studio, and I'm here with uh, Nick Cohans. And uh, Nick, I, I didn't realize until 30 minutes ago we met before. Uh, I guess you came to one of my show. And um, um, anyway, I'm 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 very thrilled that you're you're doing this because um, you got a lot of interesting stories. I know you have a lot of interesting stories. So would you mind explain to the listeners? You know, you, uh, you, let's be honest, you're a legend in this um, business. Could you tell um, what do you do and um, maybe even talk a little bit about your background before we talk about your trips in L.A. and your relationship with the EZE and everything? Yeah. Yes. Um, well, like you said, I'm, uh, my name is Nick Colhans, and uh, I am uh, one half of uh, the producer duo Madness Real. Um, we have been producing since 86 um and in 92 we went to LA and uh started producing for Easy E. Well, well, first of all, how does that happen? You know, you're you're a young guy in Denmark. Uh Easy E obviously with the legend, you know, it's not like you get a job like that. Well, what's the story? How did that happen? Well, we had a manager um that started was the first in booking shows out here for hip hop acts. Mm-hmm. He had yeah. um he had everyone from Queen Latifah, EPMD, of you know, back in the days very famous names. And so he built up a network okay. um of people. And he started um th- the reason why we actually got in touch with Easy was through a guy called Dave Funkenklein. And Dave Funkenklein was, um, he was the uh, president of a uh, record label out on Disney, actually, called Hollywood Basic. And um, our first project, actually, through him, was uh, to produce uh, some uh, prisoners from a maximum security prison, uh, Rollway State Penitentiary, 
that did they had a program called Scared Straight where they Oh, I remember. Yeah, from the 70s. Yeah. And this was actually they um they wanted to do um uh, uh they wanted to do some music. And through Dave Funkenklein, we actually I didn't do it, some of my colleagues went actually to Broadway Stamp Penitentiary, went in there, recorded the um the um the, a couple of tracks with them. Uh, shot a couple of videos in there as well. Sure. And actually, one of the videos got nominated for uh, an American Grammy, and um, and through that we came uh, we came on uh, to this project. And our first uh, productions actually in the states was producing some tracks for this uh, this album for 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 these prisoners, lifetime prisoners from uh, Railway Step Penitentiary. And um, no, but you, you, you actually went to the prison yourself. I didn't. I okay. didn't. My, my, one of my colleagues went went in sure. there. He said it was the scariest moment of his life. Cause, right. You know, you you cross the line where it says, you know, when you step over this line, it's on your own risk. And and uh, to add something, Scandinavia, the way you guys run. I mean, you know, I'm just putting all the countries like Sweden, Denmark, and, and Norway together. But the way you guys take care of people is way better than most of the planet. And in fact, when um, uh, Saddam Hussein was captured. First thing he asked was he wanted to be transferred to Swedish prison. So, you know, I'm sure they, he didn't ask for American prison because it's horrible. Mexican prison is horrible, right? So, okay. So you guys were doing that. yeah, we yeah. we did we did the the we did uh, some cuts on 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 that album, and um, through that um, through Dave Funkenklein, he was very impressed with our work, and he knew a um, a guy that did street promotion for Ruthless. And which uh, is the Easy E's, uh, which yeah. was Easy E's label, mm -hmm. and through the street promotion guy, uh, Easy heard our music, and this was just after Dre split from Easy, right, with Suge, and so Easy needed beats, and uh, Easy always had foresight. He always had foresight. Um, he um, one thing that he acknowledged us was, of course, you know, like mind blowing to us, but it was also proof that you know he knew better. For some reason, this cat from the ghetto just knew better. I mean, you know, he he signed Will I Am. Yes. I mean, you know, I was fortunate enough to produce Will I Am's first single ever. Um, again through Easy, but Easy he um he told us come on over, and you know we just started right off the bat. The first song we did with him was he, we came in the studio and he said, "I you need to do a Christmas song," and we paused for a second. Really. Was, was you want us to do a Christmas song? Yeah, and that actually, and he wanted the whole of Ruthless to rap on this. Um, so you know, it was pretty weird to sit there doing our first track ever with Easy, and he wanted this was intricate. He wanted a lot of you know different things to be um, weaved in within the track, and we we were sitting there making like baroque arrangements. Which again was, you know, just so far fetched from our idea of what we were supposed to do. But you know, the track came out, and you know, I posted every year. It's Merry Motherfucking Christmas with Easy E, <laughs> and uh, and it has a lot of that track. Actually, has a lot of stories. I actually have my vocal debut on there as a horny Santa Claus. Be before we, we before I, uh, we continue, I, I, I'm curious because you're, I mean, you know, you were like a kid, really, right, back then? So uh, what I want to know, and I think Unar, a uh, comedian friend of mine, he's kind enough to, like I said, drive me around today. Um, you grew up in, in uh, Denmark, and 
he well not told me your parents in the music business as well uh, well no opera and uh, opera and, uh, and and a cellist and was there like um tradition of hip-hop music in Denmark at that time no but there's so, so how do you how does it this kid from Denmark with you know I'm no expert but opera you go from opera to hip-hop that's a huge jump so what what how did this well you know I mean kids usually rebel towards right. what their parents does and I think I did the same but hip-hop just struck me it struck me back in 82 83 with dancing the, the electric break dance and all that stuff and I just liked the fact that it was honest this was honest you had to be good at what you what you did because if you didn't people would tell you instantly and the only medicine you could actually get was to go home and practice sure. and I actually loved that concept and it's very honest and plus I think that you know on top of everything I usually I felt out of place in Denmark because one thing is that you know I came from an artistic family sure and and a lot of you know my friends the that surrounded me was they didn't have the same background so I guess at a certain point I felt very misunderstood and plus I've never been like into rock um, and this is a country where we clap on one and three. I do not clap mm -hmm. on one and three. I clap on two and four. And there's a huge difference between, you know, f attacking life and music from that perspective. So, so you must stick out because, you know, you, if you're talking early 80s, and especially you're in Denmark, I mean, I guess you're pretty much minority, right? Because I'm sure no, we, wasn't no, that there was no one, no one. And again, you how did you get? I mean, you didn't have, we didn't have internet, so how did you get the music? This was, this was through. I mean, we read German magazines. Uh. We we did everything we could <clears throat> to sniff out, you know, new influences. And you know, people when people would go to the states and come back. They bring music with them. They would bring music with them. They would bring like the 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 latest news about what was hot and what was not. Sure. And through that, we sucked everything in and was very inspired by it. So I mean, it was again. What I loved about this was that it left a lot for your imagination. It wasn't like they told you what to do. You actually had to. You you got a sniff of what was cool. Yes. But then you have to kind of figure things out by yourself. Hence the word hip. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I actually like that. I love that. And I think that, you know, it gives it that personal touch, which I feel today with all the information that you can get, you don't get that. Because now you can just Google hip hop and you can look and dress and sound hip hop in an instant, but it's not in your heart. It's not in your soul. And that's what I feel is if you contribute into something, it has to be in your soul. And, and, and to me, this is very interesting because you, you feel out of your, out of the place. You're 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 a young kid, and you're listening to music that most people probably wasn't listening, and they probably wasn't even familiar. And I know you're savvy enough to read the lyrics, and it must have been like an alien culture because you know, you know hip hop really started in New York City, and um, somebody went. I, I, I don't know who said it, but they basically say if you listen to hip hop music, you know what's going on in inner cities. And it's basically it's decent people tr trying to have a good life, and they're just having whether it's police problem with the police, drug abuse, crime, and things like that. So 
it must have been dizzying for you because it's it's just some stories that you can't really relate. Well, you know, I I didn't look at it like that. I oh, mean, is that right? Mm-hmm. I didn't look at it like that because um, <clears throat> I mean, you can watch a movie, and that's no problem. That's right. You watch Godzilla movie, you don't have to relate to Japanese. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. But you know, to me, it was first and foremost about the music. Yeah. It wasn't really about. It was more like the feeling of the music. Ah. And and the stories came later. You know. Um, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we didn't get the slang. We didn't understand it, but we could feel the energy of it. And the thing about being out of place and the thing about not belonging, I got that instantly. Because I remember, you know, thinking back, you know, at a certain point, I thought, well, what do I actually have in common with these people? And Beside the love of the music. Beside the love of the music, and it was being out of place. It was being not accepted. Um being told that you were wrong mm-hmm. i remember coming you know this was i remember this was just when cypress hill hit the streets with their first album when um you know the flannel shirts was out yeah and i remember us of course we all dressed in flannel shirts because you know that was cool back then and people don't tell me you, that, got, don't tell me you got jerry curl <laughs> well, I didn't have a Jericho. I didn't have a Jericho. No, 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 no yeah. Jericho. Um, but people would, you know, ask us. I remember people would ask us where our dogs were, and we paused and looked at them. And they actually, because they they thought that we were bums, and oh. bums in demo usually have dogs, so they thought we were bums. That's how alienated we were from the rest of society because we looked and talked differently. So you, you have a few friends who were into hip-hop music just like you, but it was still really minor. Well, you know, it started off in like mid-80s a- mid mm-hmm. where there was this one place um, in the central Copenhagen. This was a, um, a, youth, uh, a youth place for, for young people where this was the, the, the epicenter of hip-hop in Denmark. Uh, it was up on the fifth floor, mm-hmm. and I remember coming up the stairs, and you can hear the music, and it was it was mesmerizing. And that kind of founded the whole thing. Up in those rooms, that kind of founded the whole thing for Denmark. The hip-hop culture actually got founded up there. And it's, it's always uh, fascinating, you know, uh, uh, whether it's jazz musician from 20s and 30s, African-American performers, they get more appreciation here. Like, Miles Davis didn't like doing, I don't think he would like doing shows for white people in the States, but he always, always appreciated when he did a show in Japan, especially in Europe. France, you know, they they, they, uh, they love all this, you know, performers. And uh, it's interesting, I mean, it's, hip-hop is huge now, but it seems like maybe Europeans are a little bit more ahead than most. I think because we actually can afford to. <laughs> I think it is because we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have those kind of problems. Mm-hmm. We don't have to think about struggle, and therefore we can turn our attention to something that we actually like. Right. I think that everybody, you know, I think a lot of people love to go deep into certain genres and and, and subjects. Mm-hmm. It's just about do they have the time? Sure. And we have the time. I mean, you know, we come from privileged homes, so therefore, you know, it's not like we got money. But you know we're not poor. Sure. You know we can we can get we can get clothes on our backs and 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 you know do whatever we want to do. So what what kind of music, which hip hop stuff you were listening in the early eighties like? Um, well, I mean there wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean this was I mean my f- first 
Which one kind of grabbed you first? Like uh, it must have been like Malcolm McLaren, mm -hmm. Buffalo Girls, uh, Herbie Hancock, Rocket. Um, Herbie Hancock. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Used, I, I used to work for a porno company. Yeah. And the Herbie Hancock showed up two two separate years, and uh, he's a huge fan. He does, He's so honest. He said, "I don't even give a." Sh you know, he didn't care. Like people knew that he was in porn and stuff, but he was a coolest cat. He was so cool. And even when he's, uh, you know, how um, people look awkward, they don't want to be seen with the porno stuff. He was so comfortable with it. He was so honest. But yeah, he was really, really into it. Herbie Hancock used to come to our uh, booth all the time. Evil really? Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because he was. I mean, he's a music legend. Yeah. We even had 50 Cent at the porno convention, and Mike Tyson, and um, um, we'll talk a little bit more because even I knew, like, whenever I just I was in Atlanta, Georgia, four or five months, and the strip club at the DJing, how much about the hip hop music is important in strip club, and how you want to promote certain music, you have to go through the you know critic at the strip club, you know. So uh, it, it, it's it's a lot of fun stuff. So. Um, so you listen to all this music. What 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 does your? I know your parents are accomplished musician, but what did they think? Uh, did they're okay? Concerned? Yeah, no, they're okay with it. Uh, I mean, um, so they're pretty progressive, Ben. Well, I mean, or just acceptance. A lot of you know they accepted whatever what made me happy, and they could see it made me happy. Plus, mm. I mean, back in the days uh, when we were breakdancing and and doing stuff like that, we would practice like six, seven, eight hours a day. Um, and, uh, you know, if I was a parent, I would, you know, if it's a healthy interest sure, uh, and, and your kid is happy, fantastic. And I mean, you know, the, the youth center I was talking about, this was amazing too. When we came up in there, nobody was drinking, nobody was smoking. They didn't even pay attention to the girls. It was all about the hip hop. Mm -hmm. all about the hip hop. There was, you know, and, and this, to this day, I've never seen anything like it. Because it wasn't about getting fucked up. It wasn't about doing anything else but being the best at this. And I love that. And, and, and the result of it is all this amazing uh, award plaques all over the wall. And, you know, this is, this is like hours and days and weeks and months and years of you sacrificing, working really hard. And, yeah. Uh, you know. And so you work hard. You're knowledgeable. You know the history and support of your parents but it must have been really was it shocking to you like you're going to LA not just LA but you're working with Easy e like what you're a young kid right when that when this thing happened yeah but you know what though it just to us I don't have one picture from that time with anybody because we were so focused on we knew that how they looked up on us. Mm -hmm. We knew that we were the crackers of the industry. Yeah. We knew this. So therefore, we did everything to not act as fans. Even though we were, you know, we had to get their respect in some way. And some of the ways that we got their respect, or that's our plan, was that, you know, act cool. Mm -hmm. You know, be professional. Sure. And don't lose your head. And do not look at them don't stare at them because when you stare at them you start thinking and you know we didn't do that and it was actually you know i don't think that we actually it didn't it didn't even dawn on us on us that we actually did this while we were doing it because it was so far away from everything that we knew so just doing it and doing it well meant that we had to have discipline 
over our own way of conducting ourselves. I see. So it wasn't really, I mean, I remember a couple of times, with, see, I mean, you know, again, true hip hop, I remember sitting in, in New York in, um, in Universal's, it, this was called MCA back in the days, we were sitting up in, in, um, in one of the offices and our publisher at the time, a guy called Jesse Jackson, he said to, to What's me- What's his name? Jesse Jackson. Watch out, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, listen, I want you to, there's this new cat, you know, he's in the building that uh, I want you, I think you should play him some beats. I was like, all right. And we went down the hall and um, uh, Hank Shockley from uh, the Bomb Squad that did all the Public Enemy stuff, we, oh, wow. we, met, we met him. And I got starstruck like <laughs> I couldn't speak. My, you know, I couldn't say anything. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we went down the hall and I played Puffy a couple of beats didn't really, it didn't really matter to me because I just met Hank Shockley. So, you know, Puffy wasn't, it wasn't really interesting. <laughs> okay. you know? So, you know, that, you know, it's, it's funny to look back on, but that just, you know, it showed where I was at the time. Sure. And it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the, um wasn't about the fame it was about being good at this and the love for this because it, this was unconditional love it gave everything back and when you're working with these a-less guys it it literally take your game to another level right because i mean usually when you play with people that are on a higher level as you they draw they, they tend to draw you up sure so yeah definitely and plus i mean but we were very technically knowledgeable back in the days um I mean, we did we did stuff. We we had a laptop in '93. Whoa! We produced on a laptop in '93. And we take that shit really granted because everybody's a computer. But there, no, back in the days, yeah. this was a big thing. They mm -hmm. looked at us like we were from space. <laughs> but this was this was uh, no. We we were very knowledgeable and and we could get things done. We didn't have to smoke ourselves half through, you know, the session in order to actually do something. We did it right off the bat. And they loved that. Plus, you know, you couldn't hear on our music that we were white. And that usually, people... Wait, 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 what, what, what do you mean? Like, when you sing? Or no, no, no. Uh, when, we when we did production. Is when, it that obvious to them? Or uh? No, when we... Well, actually, and that was what people was <clears throat> mostly impressed by was that you couldn't hear that there was no, it was so black, the things we did, that when they saw us, they were very surprised. They were like, we didn't know you were white. You know what, uh, that's the same thing with um, when Dr. Dre heard uh, Eminem's music. He didn't know it was a white guy, you yeah. know. That's a, that's a great trivia when the, when the black person doesn't realize it wasn't from a black person. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I I have a lot of questions, but what was it like when you meet, met Easy E the first time? You know, Easy was just I mean, <laughs> the we met him briefly at um at, at uh. And this is the first time you traveled to L.A. This first time I was I traveled to the states. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the second, but you know, for, I was so small that it doesn't even count. But um, no, the we just met him briefly at a parking lot. But I remember going to his studio. Audio achievements out in Torrance, and I remember <laughs> we went to Torrance. We I graduated from Torrance High. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. But um, no, we we was out there in in audio achievement with Donovan the Dirt Biker Smith, who had the studio. Yeah. And I remember I didn't know Easy was in the building, so I had to go to the restroom, and I you know 
went to grab the handle and the door opened and one of his bitches from gangster bitch mentality mm -hmm. or was it the group and i should try i can't remember but she came out drying her mouth off and easy you know was you know fiddling with his belt and was yeah. like yeah it's you can go in now you know <laughs> <laughs> and you know, standing there peeing after that mm -hmm. was, you know, I I was I was laughing so hard because of course, of course, Easy was getting a blowjob. Yeah. Of course she was, and of course the the, the it's one of those job description. It's uh, a job description, yeah. and 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 to me, it wasn't as much. It wasn't so much about being starstruck. It was more like <laughs> I appreciate what you do, and I feel you. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, and again, I think it was the music that actually trans translated towards not so much the stardom, but more like, you good at what you do. And I think it, it could have been, I could be easily, uh, equally impressed with a person from Denmark that was real good at breaking. Sure. But it just happened to be easy. But, you know, thinking back on it, yeah, you know, but I didn't have the same perspective back in the days. So what... So what what was he like to work work with? I mean, cool what? as fuck. Yeah, he was so cool. I mean, and he was colorblind. He really was colorblind. And his, I mean, I remember his bodyguards didn't like us. It was called a Denmark's. Denmark's. <laughs> <laughs> and right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they 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 didn't like us at all. But Easy was he was real cool, real real cool, and always. Because at, at the end of the day, only thing that matters, like you love music and he loved hip hop, and the, that you know that I'm was sure. it. Yeah. That was it. And he, um, I mean, he he block booked the the studio for you know years, so you could just you could just go in, and mm. so we were there all the time. But he was always cool, always cool, and I think that's one of the keys to his success was that he had this. He didn't feel like he had to control anybody like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, of course, in the when he was dealing or he was doing gangster stuff, yeah, of course. But the music, no. He was very laid back and very cool about it, but he, for some reason, had this vision. And his vision was so different from everybody else because it seems as if that he, he, I mean, he had money. That's the thing. He didn't have to. Maybe he was drug dealing, doing whatever, but he had money. He wasn't struggling. So, therefore, I don't think he had the same problems as a lot of other people. And he seemed content. I, I, a couple of people were telling me that uh, he was so successful selling drugs, but he, he had a vision like, you know, maybe this is not something that he could do forever. He made a transition to hip-hop. And I know a lot of porno guys and drug guys trying to make it to hip-hop. But it's not the easy business. I'm, I'm all. <laughs> I'm saying the word easy. Uh, but, um, he obviously had the vision, work ethic, and the talent. You know. And, well, uh, he was good at he was good at conducting. He was a very good conductor, and he he acknowledged but, but, that but, but, he have, but he didn't have any like most African uh, performer. He didn't have like a formal training in any music, right? At all. And it That's was the amazing I'm, part. And and I mean, Boys in the Hood, that wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. They said, e, go in and try and rap it. That wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. And Easy said, first thing Easy said was, I can't rap. Okay, well, you know, rest is history. But yeah, and I just think that, you know, he just had, he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared of nobody or nothing. But it wasn't in like a defined way. It was more like, 
a relaxed way, which again, you know, he didn't challenge people. It was more like he wanted to collaborate with people. I mean, um, do 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 you think some people are just born with that musical talent? Because I read stuff on Jimi Hendrix, and I was shocked. Like he never had a lesson. His dad bought him like a used, beat up guitar, and he just started playing. And I'm just wondering how the hell. But you people know what, do that. But this is. But let's just say, Easy wasn't a great rapper. Technically, no, he wasn't a great rapper. Mm-hmm. Easy was charismatic. <clears throat> And, and had a swagger. He had a swag, and 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 he had a um, he had a, a way of, because I mean he was living a life. <laughs> it wasn't like something that he 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 uh, he saw in a magazine or saw in a movie. He did this, but again, it wasn't his 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 way of of going about it. Wasn't that he was supposed to be a star? This wasn't about it. No, it was about doing great music, and you know. He was the one who, you know, took in Dre and took in Cube and conducted everybody and did the right thing. And actually, when he did that, it mirrored back on him. And that's where they acknowledged his talent. Because he didn't have, per se, a talent. He wasn't a Rakim. But you know what? I have to say, it doesn't matter if it's music or sports or movies. The talent of uh, recognizing talent in other people, that's a talent right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because me not knowing a whole lot about music, oh, it's obviously you picked Dr. Dre and stuff. Now, of course, it's so obvious now. But for him to know, he knew it right away back well, then. Well, you know, back then it wasn't really Dre that was the shit. It was Yella. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yella did a lot. Of, Another most, person I met at the porn convention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's heavy into porn. Yeah. I know. He was so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. Yeah. No, but Yella was the man. Yella was the man, and then I think that Dre kind of, well, you know, if I, I can't say it per se, but I, you know, it seems as if that they did a lot of stuff together back in the Wrecking Crew days. Mm-hmm. I think that Yella did more than you know people know, and I actually think that Dre learned a lot from Yella. Um, also because music back then was very um, scratch oriented you scratched in breaks you okay. didn't have a loop so a lot of times you know you can hear it where you know a lot of times they um, they would set a beat they would start a beat and then they would start the record and then they would mm. you know it would run its course and then they would stop the, the, the tape and then they would rewind the tape and press record and then when you know, the first break has has ring out, and the second break was supposed to come in. You would start with your um, your chain table and put it in. Ah, that's how it did. That's how you did it back in the days, because you didn't, you couldn't loop. Because I mean, back then, you know, sample equipment like Fairlights and stuff cost like you know, you didn't have money for that. You didn't have money for that. So the getaway was to do it like that. And I think Yellow was very good at that. He was a DJ. Um. So, um, how how uh, how long did you collaborate collaborate with Easy for? Uh, All up until his death. Do do you sometimes wonder what he could have done if he lived? Um, I think Easy could have. He he sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. But I think that um, it just makes me sad when you see. I mean, you never want to see a young person die, but. He has so much talent, you know. I just, yeah, but you know, there's there's a flip side to that because I mean, thinking about this, it's not that I'm glad that Biggie died. I'm not glad that Tupac died, mm-hmm. 
but I'm glad that all I remember him for them for was that we got him on their prime in their prime. Sure. And you know, in in a, in a time period where you know everything was just right, and actually, you know, f- I can't. Re- I'm I've been thinking about this. You know, would I like to hear Biggie on a down south beat? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, because when I listen to Biggie, it just fits when he's on some East Coast beats, and that's you know, and thinking about it. I think I would, you know, it's not like you have a choice, but, you know, thinking of thinking back on these people, I love that I can remember them for what they did. Because a lot of times, you know, especially in how the music business is today, I don't know if they would have the same depth. You're not, oh God, I, I better be delicate when I ask. Do you think there's certain hip-hop artists still alive you wish like, God, he should have died 10 years ago, so that way we don't remember him. We don't remember him the way he is now. I'm not. No, but you know why? No. You know what I'm talking about. You don't have, I know, to, I know you don't have saying, to name but names. You, but, but you know what it is? You know what it is? No, because they give us perspective. Yeah. They give us perspective of what not to do. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. So we can actually, we can decipher the enemy. Because sometimes I wonder, like, um, it's sad when James Dean dies so young, but it's really weird. He died at the peak, you know, like all his movies still. I mean, in Japan, he's still such an iconic figure now, you know, and even young kids um, know who is he. And they, they were not even born back then, you yep. know. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the strength of a legacy. So you, you work with him, and um, I think Unao told me a little bit about Were you in, in L.A. during the L.A. riot? or um, I actually, you know what, though? I, well, my we were four people in Madness Real at the time. And we went back and forth um, from Denmark to L.A. Um, in shifts. And during the riots, uh, I think I came like a week after. I see. <clears throat> well, you know, I have listeners um, that doesn't live in the States. And um, what, what was like L.A. for you back then when, when you were visiting? Because, you know, it, it had changed a lot. Oh, yeah. But, well, <clears throat> I mean, of course... Well, before you answered, and, and before you went first time, you know, you, you, all, all people watch a lot of American movies. They have preconceived notion of what L.A. So I did they, more. They, I did more. It, it was more instinctive. Is that right? It was more instinctive. I didn't have like a vision of it. I was just curious. But I remember the the thing that irritated me the most, and it well, it <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. it doesn't really know more. But I remember when everybody was running around with brown pride black pride and uh-huh. i was kind of annoyed that i couldn't say white pride yeah <laughs> you know i was kind of annoyed it kinda, well you can if you're in germany <laughs> yeah well and no but actually no you can't well that's Cause, true because actually, yeah. actually you know they you know uh, that's not good but no it kind of it kind of that pissed me off actually but then again i looked around and i was like well you know I st- I'm sticking out like a sore thumb, and I, you know, I have. But you to- know what is interesting? I think the most artists, I, I, and I noticed this, that I, I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast or before, but um, African American artists, they definitely recognize white Europeans completely different from the white people in America. You know, because it's almost uh, quaint, because sometimes. Why Europeans don't know the, exactly the racial conflict and history over there? So. Um, 
I, I I've never really heard malice from a black performers, whether in comedy or music, that uh, they feel nope. like white Europeans. Well, it's like uh, you know maybe we're distant cousins of the man. Yeah, and because we weren't there to 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 drive people out in the cutting fields, that <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe we're innocent then, or kinda. And 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 especially. Some white Americans are afraid to talk to black people, and I know you didn't have that sort of thing no. at all. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, you know, and this is also funny that you know, because I remember back in the days that you know, while we were producing Cube, he was he went into Nation of Islam, and not even Nation, he was a one percenter. And there was an article in the source where they actually mentioned us, and they said, "Well, you've been dealing with, you know, madness for real." And they're white, and aren't they devils? Then, yeah. Cube said, "Well, they're cool devils." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, he could distinct between those two, and I, you know, I just think that they on they acknowledge the fact that we were good at what we were doing. That that reminds me of that scene from Goodfellas, uh, way Leota's character, um, his character was I- Italian. But he was trying to marry his girlfriend, and uh, his girlfriend's uh, Jewish, and the mom was concerned. So the mom asked, um, "Which half are, uh, is Jewish?" And he said something like, "The good half." Good like, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so you, 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 I mean, so when you went to LA, you surely noticed some racial tension. What was that? Is, oh, yeah. is that strange? Well, I mean, you know, that's not something. You, Again, it wasn't something that I really thought about. Mm. Cause did, it, did you feel it? Well, I mean, you know, not it, not against you, but it just well, uh, you know, well, it it was more about you know we was just trying to or, orientate ourselves because the whole thing about not wearing like special colors in different areas sure. was to us a little confusing and a little red and blue, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> quite frankly a little stupid, you know, um, but. It was more about us trying to, you know, get a get get to grips with what was going on around us instead of trying to have an an, an opinion about it. Um, also, because we actually had, I remember coming to L.A. and since Denmark is, we talked about this earlier that it's a there's a lot of jazz, there's a lot of jazz history here. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we the hip hop community was built up on sampling and sampling jazz samples so for us that was hip-hop so coming to la i almost died laughing first time i saw a person play a keyboard over a hip-hop track i you know I was like, that's not hip-hop you <laughs> what get that thing away why but we didn't have that whole funkadelic parliament thing we didn't have that so therefore to us we didn't get it but we found out pretty fast that okay we have to learn this because you know they have a reference to something we don't understand so we learned that pretty quick so for us just to get that thing into into place and 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 working with it like that was you know it took all of our energy and focus so That's we didn't right. really have we didn't have time to you know think about racial tensions or you know because we had a job to do did Easy tell you during the LA riot? They, they, I think I don't. I might have forgot. Um, not told me, but um, um, did did Easy tell you any interesting story during the LA riots or what? what not really. Not I really. mean, the Easy Easy didn't really talk about a lot of stuff outside the studio. 
Wow, so he was that focused. Yeah. Now he would clown around, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 make crack jokes. Um, you know, you would get the uh, you would get smoked in. That's how it was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, get smoked in with his uh, licorice papers. He always loved the licorice papers <laughs> for some reason. Um, no, easy. It wasn't. He was not very political. He was not very political. Interesting. But you could. But of course, I mean, through the music, you could hear what was going on. So it wasn't. He was. He was not content. But he was still smiling. So did you meet Dr. Dre and all those nope. guys? Oh, nope. you didn't. No, uh, no, no. Because I mean, by then they broke. But we up. did. I mean, and there was also a reason for this because we did a couple of. Well, let's just say not questionable because we didn't know what they were going to rap on top of it. But Easy's homies, Gangsta Dresta and BG Knockout, did a track. Well, we did a track first, and then they went in and recorded some stuff on it and sent it back to us. And we kind of, well, we didn't know what to say because the track that they came back with was Dog Pound Killer. Oh. So therefore, it would maybe mm. not be the wisest move for us to maybe surround ourselves with mm. sugar them. <laughs> um, also, because of course we we took sides because Easy was our man, uh, even though that we were a fan. Wait, of, did, did you meet Suge Knight? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I mean, they were they <laughs> no, were no, 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 and they no, were kind of the enemy too. Yeah. Because I mean, I um, I remember some of the studio musicians telling me that up until the split between Easy and Dre, um, that. Shook would, I mean, he would. He was his bodyguard, and he was constantly whispering in his ear, in the studio, always instigating, always telling. Of course, telling him, "Listen, you can. We can do this without easy. Fuck him. Let's just do our own thing." So, therefore, for us, you know, we wouldn't. One thing that we took sides because Easy was our man, and second of all, it wouldn't be wise when we did tracks like Dog Pound Killer mm-hmm. to actually, you know, be around the Dog Pound or. Sure. Nas, Des, or or Nate, or Dre, or Shook, uh, you know, we kind of knew that that would spell trouble. Did you experience any, any uh, dicey? Were you ever in dicey situation because of that? Or uh, no? no? Well, you know, I mean, there's a couple of shootouts and there's a couple of drive-bys, but <laughs> wait, when you were around? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, don't don't put it like casual. Wait, how many? Just once or twice? Not a couple of times. But wait, you know, would you mind tell me the circumstances? No, it was more like you know, it was more like we were out out in the club, and all of a sudden people started shooting, and we were with you know a bunch of couple of rappers, and mm-hmm. I guess their friends was you know in altercation with some other dudes, and you know it just happened so fast. That you know, it 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 dawns on you later that okay, I might have died here. Yeah. But you know, other than that, is because I think we accepted it as being part of the game. It wasn't you know, and if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. You and, know, you do realize most people don't have that attitude. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'm you just could, saying you could either. I, 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 you I could know either, you're so focused music, you tolerate even getting shot at. But I'm just saying most people don't tolerate. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, but the thing about it is, <clears throat> I mean, it's also how you conduct yourself. Because I mean, you can go into panic and get shot, or be calm about it and get shot. You still get shot. Sure. So therefore, you know, should I should I portray myself as a little bitch or as a man? But this happened when Easy was in the same room, or no? This was no. This was some of Easy's uh, Easy's hangarounds. Some of I see. Uh, some of his homies, and we met at the club, and you know, yeah, no, we got chased as well, and you know, but 
again, this was, I mean, at times we had to go to Compton and, you know, Slauson and all that to, to Slauson, go in the studio. Wow, you really went to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh mean, we went, we went to, the, you know, <laughs> us four guys went a lot to swap me down there. And, you know. And you, st you definitely stick out. I mean, I, you know, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, there were, <laughs> there were no other white people. And actually, you know, we got mistaken for cops a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, and not just in L.A. I mean, I've cleared Sugar Hill up in uh, up in Harlem just by my presence. Because I remember I got kicked out of Washington State. I had to move to L.A. We moved to Long Beach in mid-80, somewhere over 85. And I just thought, holy fuck, man. I mean, it was like a peak of crack epidemic in that part. And uh, that's why I mean, whenever I see rich white kids like uh, glorifying the situation, like wish they live in those neighborhoods, like I wasn't one of those like, like in you know, the shootings and stuff. Like it just scared the shit out of me, you know. But um, that's why when you meet um, African American performers in that part, I mean they really are tough, man. Because that it's not it's not like they've a, seen stuff. They, they they've seen, seen stuff. They got yeah. scars on their soul. They sure do. But I mean, you know, to me. It's, 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 I respect poverty. I really do. And I respect people that can live with poverty and actually have a quality, some, some life quality, even though that they're poor. I respect that a lot. I think actually they're heroes. Um, I don't know if I could, because I've never been poor. So, but again, you know, I don't, I try to, you know, I've never been to a country where people die in the streets, but I have the utmost respect for people that live lived in those countries and you know i don't i try to you know be very respectful to people um that you know have seen things that i haven't i try not to be like full of myself because i can only imagine what they've seen and and to me it's 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 the history of uh african-american black, black people in america they got nothing and, and from nothing they made something, you know, yeah. and just a sure will and determination to get out of there, whether it's through drugs or acting, comedy or sports, music. And I sometimes wonder, like, what happened if all these people are giving all the opportunity, you know, white Americans opportunities, like how much further they were gone? Because no musical training, he producing, singing, performing. Well, you know? it's also, I mean, you know, if you think about it, it's also about... It's also about cultural history. And it's about, you know, I mean, just when they came to the States, they had to sing in the fields. Because mm -hmm. it was, otherwise, they would, you know, they would die. So, therefore, I think that from necessity sparked a talent that was useful and they could build on that. I mean, well, white people don't have that. Mm hmm. They don't really, because, I don't know, for some reason, we don't, again, want clapping on one and three and two and four. White people, you know, a lot of white people don't have that. We've never been faced with those obstacles either. Sure. But, you know, a lot of African Americans have that. So, who, who are some of other um, performers that you work with? Well, I am. What was he like working with him? They were bugged. I mean, Will I Am was in a group called uh, Adband Clan. This was before Black Eyed Peas, and it was it was actually him and Apple, and a, another dude. 
But they were on something. This is also very funny because, I mean, Easy would only surround himself with gangsters. But then Will I Am came in, and he was he had on funny clothes and funny beanies and wear bright colors and you know was just very off. Wait a minute, is it Trinidadian or Haitian? I don't. He's I don't from, recall. He's from Caribbean, right? I think. I think he is. Okay. I I've, I'm, I don't know actually. Mm -hmm. No, but um, and I remember actually it was on the video set of Only If You Want It with Easy e out in some part, I don't remember where it was, where I have a video of Will I Am freestyling with all the gangsters around him and they looking at him like, you look funny, but you can rap. And Easy just, again, had that ability to see that in people. But, um, but Will was cool, but he was very lyrical, very lyrical. It wasn't like, you know, he's, he's just a hit machine today, just a cold ass hit machine. You know, don't get me wrong. I think that he's, you know, one of the best of what he's doing. But his um, his attitude towards his music was very different back in the days. And he was he was. I mean, how, how, how so? I mean, he was just very into words, and he was very into freestyling. I he see. was a dope freestyler, way dope freestyler. Um, but I mean, I remember back in the days, he he also had a lot of obstacles. I remember having to call his drunk uncle to. You know, could uh, could Will come out and and get in the studio with us and stuff? And you know, he hadn't he hadn't had the 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 the, the easiest of, of upbringings, I guess. I see. Um, but he was way cool and and interesting. Actually, his first well, I don't know if I should say this, but his first track that we did was actually I sampled a Danish jazz musician uh, for his first track. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Um. Do you, do you still see him or do you still talk will, to him? Will I am? Yeah. Not really. No. I mean, he, um, but he, um, over the years, I mean, I've, I've hooked up with him when he came to Denmark and he had a, a, a show some years ago at the, our national stadium and, uh, you know, I was hanging out backstage with him and he on stage acknowledged, you know, me and my crew and said that he had a, a special um, connection with Denmark because of, us producing his first track, which oh, you that's know, nice of him. it was yeah. no, it was just you know, stand up dude, just mm -hmm. uh, just a good guy, and you know, I thank him for doing that because you know, to me, it was a huge deal. And who who's some of the other um, uh, talents we, you work you we did with? Uh, West Side Connections first track, which um, <laughs> which I think was uh, was one of the instigators of the East Coast West Coast War. Oh wait! Can you explain Westside Slaughterhouse? Um, well, on the track, Cube says hip hop started in the West. Ice Cube burned through the East without a vest. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, and again, we just did a track, mm -hmm. and they spit on top of it. Which you know, when we heard it, we were like, "Well, guess we ain't working with no more East Coast people." <laughs> 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 so, no, but um. But on the, on the East Coast, we actually had the the, the, the honor to work. Uh, we did a one track with Rakim. Um, is, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a track with Rakim. What, 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 and what, what is he like in person? Rakim is f off. He was. I mean, we waited for him, you know, a long time, and then on the last day where we had to go home the next day, he came through, and you know, he got cramped in his car. Because the whole back of his car was one big speaker, 
and 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 I asked him, "Listen, could we could we turn on the speaker? I want to hear it." And he was like, "No, I'm getting a headache off of that, son." <laughs> okay, well, you know, no, but he was cool, even though his homeboys was again, you know, looking at us like, "Are you serious? What the fuck are you doing with these white people?" Um, but he was cool. But actually, I thought he was. I thought that you know, I had a vision of him being. You know, because I always thought he was so strong lyrically, um, but for some reason he maybe he wasn't you know around you know feeling it that day. But he he had to really do a lot of takes and really go back and work over and over again on this track. I see. Um, but I mean, again, you know, just you know, my first twelve inch was "Move the Crowd," Eric B and Rakim. Um, so he was an it was an iconic experience for me. But other than that, I mean, you know, we work with Eric Sermon. Um, let's see. Um, Anyone that you thought was going to be a jerk and you ended up working for them, like, wow, he's actually pretty cool dude. Well, any, actually, any you know what, though? I know, listen, I actually didn't think, I, I didn't have any perception of people being a, in a jerk. Mm -hmm. um, they they kind of exposed themselves, you know. And surprisingly enough, there wasn't a lot of them. Um, people was actually pretty cool. Um, You're so lucky. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of jerks in comedy. There's, but <laughs> it's not like I just think that we had something that they wanted. Uh, uh. So you know, I don't think it was because of my blue eyes. <laughs> um, but no, I mean we worked with, and then of course we did, you know, through uh, through Easy, we did Q, we did Ran, we did Dub C. Um, <laughs> we actually got. I remember, you know going into a, a studio and there was this very skinny guy with funny hair that came in and you could see that you know he was clearly you know either a drug addict or there was something wrong with him and uh we kind of agreed on okay i guess we have to go to the liquor store and get him you know 20 bucks worth of 40s just to get him started and uh we did his uh we did some some tracks with him and he had some you know like you we got you got some later on we heard he got signed over the demos and that was coolio <laughs> um so uh was his hair all fucked up all fucked, fucked up, up and yeah. he still owed me 20 bucks yeah <laughs> um no and then we did uh shoot coolio. yeah coolio coolio um and yeah i guess i have to look back on the plaques just to see well mac 10 um yeah, well, she, we went to we went to Atlanta to to um to work a little bit with um Dallas Austin, um and work with some of his acts. Can you explain to people who don't you know don't know about the hip hop music, but m m it's, they do it differently, right? Like the scene in um, Atlanta, Georgia, is different from L.A. and New York. I mean, how how would you explain like those three major places? I mean, it's it's all about. I think it's all about city versus country um the there was a lot of opportunities in atlanta at the time this was like 94 95 is it is this because of those strip clubs or uh, no, no no it's it's and i actually think that you know we got mistaken that's that's where we got mistaken for cups a lot because we went into black areas where white people don't go so yeah, and, and for those of you if you never been atlanta it's pretty Equally uh, segregated. It's it's pretty Very. much all black. All it's like black. It's a very black and white fifty fifty yes. almost. 
you don't really see anything in between in not Atlanta. really no. not really no and i mean going into a couple of diners where when we came into the room you can hear a pin drop <laughs> <laughs> and then they heard us speak and they were like where are you from Denmark? Oh, you could just hear you know a south going through the room and oh okay they cool <laughs> and i hear arrest us um no i just think that you know and plus down south just have a different story they are uh, i think that that opportunities came to people that wasn't from the south mm -hmm. it was easier for people in la and in new york to actually do something because they wasn't it wasn't segregated it's segregated like that you had to work together sure um and plus you know the whole south just have a history and i think the white people also have a big part of it in the in, down south because a lot of them are racist mm -hmm. very i heard some you know i heard some people talking about it and, you know looking at them kind of funny because what they were saying was just stupid talk just, sure. just so racist and so ignorant and and i found out that it was it was it was well it was alive and kicking in the south very but um but you know speaking of dallas austin he just had everybody coming through that studio um he was uh yeah he was he was the key figure i remember sitting in the studio with that's where I actually i thought well i kind of made it i was sitting there talking equally with um um dallas austin eric sermon and buster rhymes we were just sitting there chatting and i looked around and i was like yeah i like this this is cool you know they treat me like an equal and i felt like a big man just at that time i think i thought that was way cool wait what's buster rhymes like what, what uh, well he's actually he's a double-edged sword because you know i guess when he knows that i could do something for him so he's nice he was nice but i just did something with him like a couple of years ago because we did some well we did a, a new thing where we hooked <clears throat> up uh american rap stars uh, we hooked them up with uh, European house producers. So um, within the course of the last couple of years, um, I have a company called Elite Music Group, doesn't it? Um, and uh, <laughs> just sneaking right. it in there. And um, we did uh, we did a, f uh, a couple of tracks. We did one with Pitbull and we did one with Busta. And I have to say, though, that Busta was not as nice as I remember him. But, you know, I get the whole, you know... What, what, what do you think it's changed? Just, uh, I just think that, I just think that, you know, the longer you stay in the business, the more assholes you meet and the, maybe the more... Better you get? Well, not better, but more than you you, you put up a shield. Because, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't like people getting into your business because I know that if you're a big star, people want to be in your business. Sure. So the longer you stay in the game, the more you understand to, you know, keep people f at a distance. But what about Pitbull? What, what was he like? Uh, we we, we didn't, wasn't even, even in the studio with him. Uh, he just, okay. you know, he, he laid it and mm -hmm. we took it and, and took it from there. And how would you differentiate between New York and L.A. hip-hop scenes? I mean, it's, it's, how would you explain that? Well, you know, since New York is the birthplace. But, you know, funny thing is, I mean, the whole Kendrick Lamar verse... Where he uh, disses everybody, control wasn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, he, there was, and he was Dr. Dre's prodigy. Uh, he, yes, yeah. yes. But, and uh, I remember there was an interview with Federal Star from from Onyx, <clears throat> where he said, "The funny thing is, nobody can really fuck with Kendrick. No New York rapper can really fuck with Kendrick." 
And who do you actually know right now in New York that has a big deal? Nobody. Mm-hmm. So there's been a void here. There's something that went wrong. It just seems as if that New York is still clinging to its history. And that is leaving. It's a big gap. Yeah. There's a big gap in there because the whole Brooklyn tradition, you know, rap tradition with you have to be a, a lyrical MC and all that. There's no room for it today. Not in the, you know, in, in the main market. There's no room for that. So therefore, I think that, you know, either they should support their own so that they can have an industry or they should follow with the times. Not saying that they should dumb down their lyrics, but they should fit it more. Whereas to well, it's the same thing with L.A. I mean, L.A.'s been at its own in many years. It hasn't been on the scene, uh, and that's due to you know. It seems as if that a lot of people in L.A. don't support L.A. music huh. for some reason. And as a European, do, is there any other hot spots outside of that USA that you were like impressed? Like, um... <sighs> well, technically, you know, Asians have always been the shit. Mm. Technically. Really, I mean, they're on a whole different level, but it seems as if that it's again, it's more technical because there is a barrier in language and sure. in understanding. Um, <clears throat> but and and French MCs are very good, very is good. that right? Yeah, very good, very good French MCs. But they're also on a very East Coast tip. They they love the East Coast. And I have to admit, um, Whenever that was, uh, they had a riots in France. I remember going to suburbs of Paris, and um, you know, this is co a common thing I hear all the time. Like when you go to black neighborhood, they say don't go to the white neighborhood. When you go to white neighborhood, they say don't go to the black neighborhood. And I just like I don't have problem with the you know people, but there's definitely the. Uh, I, I wouldn't quite say it's the same kind of racism, discrimination, but there's definitely racial stuff in France for definitely sure. Definitely racial stuff, and you could feel it. And uh, adding to that. Many of these uh, African performers used to be member of those former colonies because France used to be colonized Africa, poverty, and uh, you know I'm sure they still have problems with uh, police oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so but that seemed like a very legit another place I always thought was interesting to me I've been going to Berlin for the last ten years mm -hmm. they have a very big hip hop scene in Berlin. huge hip hop scene but the thing about it is is um, they like gangster but again. And this is funny when they um, gangster rap was huge in Germany up until the real gangsters start stepping up to people and saying well you be talking all this shit you know prove it I'm right here then people stopped mm -hmm. and now the biggest people in German rap are either owned by the Turkish mafia or like you know if you're a gangster you connected so uh but they are also i mean they have this typically very german thing where it's very dark and it's it's it it could be very funky but it's very dark they have this you know very um very aggressive uh aggressive sound also because you know germans very good at you know swearing in is that right way good i mean that's that's one of the things hitler used huh. you know Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it, it, that's a really weird language because it sounds very harsh. But when I, you know, not that I'm an expert, but when I listen to like Wagner's opera, even though you're speaking German, it sounds beautiful to me. And I'm sure in hip hop, uh, I've heard a couple of things and like, you know, it, it, I don't know what they're saying. 
It doesn't bother me. You no, know? no, but I mean, you know, I think it's you know most languages, you can make it sound pretty, or you can saying? make it, or you can make it sound very ugly. Um, it's about the dictation and uh, the, the 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 tone of your voice. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to make German sound bad or harsh, you can. I see. Last time you're so easy. What, what, what was the, do you remember? What was the, uh, it was just in the studio, just mm -hmm. you know, every day, studio, just regular ass shit. Um, working and because it was so sudden, he he was he, <clears throat> I think he knew for a while because when he got sick, he died almost instantaneously just after. And I remember, um, Dr. Dre showed finally showed up like a day before the day of his death, and uh. That a reconciliation, and you know, I'm sure they both had a regret. And uh, you know, no matter how mad you get your friends, I mean, there was a reason why you were friend with in the beginning with, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it was sad yeah. also because you know, all the speculations about you know, he got injected and whatnot. No, he just fucked some, fuck some skanky ass hoes, yeah, that was it, you know. And he wasn't gay, mm -hmm. I mean, I no, I never got that vibe from him. So, um, do you have you still traveled the states to do work, or are you just happy working in Denmark? Well, Europe? I did. Like I said, I did this uh, this documentary in two thousand and eight. Um, what, what was the name, name of it? Uh, uh, who's to blame? Okay. Um, and uh, this documentary was just a, 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 a brainchild of mine because I thought that rappers got <clears throat> questions that rappers got asked was just too dumb. So instead of sitting there bitching about it, I was like, all right, let's get an investor. Let's get um, some people who know some people. There was, uh, I have some homies that got this website called Dub CNN, and um, they knew everybody. I got an investor, a film crew, and the Dub CNN guys, and we just went over there and started asking people about stuff. Sure. And um, and I've really got a lot of answers to things. I've, I've really got, you know, and also it's nice to actually hear people talk about other things than just business. It was genuine, and you know we had Snoop in there, we had DJ Quick in there, we had all different kinds of people, and you know they're very genuine and, and cool people. Well, cool what people. was what was Snoop like? Snoop is cool. I mean, you know, um, charismatic, cool, fast thinker. Whoa, he cool. I mean, he's he's That's smart. Amazing. As much weed as he smoke, how quick but he, he is. is. He is fast, and we try to pin him down a couple of times with mm. some questions. He just slid right through him. <laughs> slid right through him. He was he was real. Uh, he he had. You can hear that he's been in, been interviewed a, a lot. Uh, a lot. You know. You know. So this is like not music related stuff. But Snoop, he coaches like a junior high, mm -hmm. like elementary school football. Not only is he work really hard, he take that shit serious. Like he will have. Video footage of other team playing. He will study that shit, you know. So he bring the same dedication, focus, and concentration to uh, even like junior high or elementary Dude, school I just football. Saw, I just saw one of uh, one of his kids that he teach just died. What? Yeah, yeah. And he posted that. He posted a picture of him and expressed his deepest sorrow of that. Wait, wait. But what did he die of? I don't know. Maybe oh. an accident or something. But oh, you know, Jesus. he just died, and you could you could tell off of the the the, the status that Stu put out that it touched him deeply. Any any new talent that you? Is there anyone up there that is uh, to you very underrated and more people should know about their work, excluding you and your your colleagues? Well, work. thank you. No, but yeah. the thing about it is, I don't. 
I don't check up for stuff mm-hmm. as much. I usually, of course, I mean, I DJ, and therefore I have to, you know, be in the current news. But I like J Rock. Oh, why, why is that? I mean, what, what is I it mean, about? I mean, J Rock just because he reminds me of uh, he has he has like uh, on some, especially one track called Code Red he had with uh, with Kendrick Lamar. Where he just he looks like a, a, a he looks like MC Ren back in the days, mm-hmm. and he just has that style, and he just sounds mean, and and I've I've I enjoy him a lot. He seems genuine, and also because when I see interviews with him, he seems humble. I like that. Wow, it's interesting because you know to be there's that exaggeration and swagger to hip hop, you know. And um, massive uh, confidence that their ability and uh, well, the funny yeah. thing is though that you know you <clears throat> you don't judge an actor like that just because he played a certain role. I mean, you're not surprised that you meet Sly and that he's just relaxed, even mm. though you only seen ass kicking movies with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing with rap. I mean, why can't you? difference between this is just a performance art that's the performance and this is me yeah also because i think it's very important to you know have a firm grip on who you are because otherwise you start believing the bullshit you be saying so can i can i mention a couple not a couple but names and see what, what do you think about mm-hmm. them like um like biggie like uh what do you think about him how does he rank historically and like oh. i mean he's up there i'm not gonna judge i'm not gonna say well He's better than Pac, or Pac is better than him. They just had their. But own you do stuff. realize there's a lot of that talk still. Yeah, well, you know, it's like you know, saying which is fancier, Bentley or Rolls. I don't know. I think yeah. they're both beautiful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, Biggie is. I mean, I listen to more Biggie than I listen to Pac. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I also enjoy the beats, and I enjoy that. You know, I am a hip hop fan. Which means that I enjoy the things that New York stands for, what New York started off with, and I think that he's a he's a, a direct um, he's a direct um, evidence to why this is so important. Yes, where Pac was more, he was more like a he was a rebel and a poet, and you know I understand you know I've, All Eyes on Me, one of my top favorite albums, but. Um. Yeah, but Biggie is just—he's just so important, so so important. I I I just look at that guy, and you know how he always say, you know, I'm I'm fat, black, and ugly, whatever. But he's got this talent and the way he just perform, you know. And I'm a good friend with Russell Peters, one of the biggest. He is the biggest touring comic in the whole world, and that's the guy he loves the most. And like the way he explain his music and break it down, and like, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like. Well, Biggie Smalls, I actually, uh, I heard Little Caesar talking about the Biggie. <clears throat> he was so articulate about that every word, even because he had asthma. Mm-hmm. He was fat. So he had to put a lot of effort in, you know, speaking the words. Sure. And But everything he wrote, and actually I understand, I've you know, when you heard a Biggie <clears throat> track, you can understand everything, even though you're not from the country. You could hear everything. It wasn't like he was he had blurred talk. No, everything was crystal clear. And that's also what I like his dic- his dictation. 
And his writing ability was just amazing. Writing ability, yeah. everything. And it seems as if that also he was he was a genuine guy. Because also when you heard interviews with him, yeah, he could be tough and mean, but he'd also be cool and just you know friendly. Yeah, he. Um, I always thought a guy like him. He wasn't just a musician. I always thought he was a poet. You know, he it was a poetry. You know, and uh, and Tupac, I I remember. I mean, how he's old school because I think his mother was pregnant with him in prison, you know. The the and I I, I used to live in Seattle and Seattle Music Experience. The, the Paul Allen, who was part of uh, Microsoft, opened his museum for music and uh, funky museum. The whole building looked looked like a musical wave, you know. And there was display of his stuff and. Um, um, I can't remember exactly what he wrote, but like there was like books of things that he was writing. It just it was well written. And it was just very thoughtful, and it was very sweet. Like even Dr. Dre, when he did the song about, I think, I think one of his brother got murdered or something. Mm. And there was a song that he dedicated to him. And when I heard, like, I was shocked because when it, when you think of a gangster rap in that tradition West Coast, you know, the hardness being tough, but. How gentle he was. Listen, listen, How, listen. Mm -hmm. He took ballet lessons. Dr. Dre did? No, Tupac. Oh, I didn't. What? Yes, sir. Uh, in New York, when he was at a performing arts school, he took ballet lessons, dude. I know. What? Are you making that up? Nope. Because I can't remember. You know, he's all thugged out, tough, you know, good looking guy, but, uh, you know, he's a swagger. Wow. Yeah. Funny picture, right? Thug life on yeah. your belly with a little skirt. No. <laughs> Hi, thug skirt? <laughs> I never heard anybody say that. Is, is that something yeah. he hid away? or? Um, well, I don't think you promoted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be, be, what, because his was his mother in the performance art too? or? Uh, well, I think she was very artistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, she was very thoughtful. And, and, and I mean, she was a Black Panther. Um and um no i think he but he was very sensitive very sensitive and i was i mean but, but, but he obviously hid that part right, away from the public right well i don't know if he hid it because i mean i mean i've watched documentaries about this and this is why i know mm -hmm. um no i don't think he had i don't think he really gave a fuck mm -hmm. really but i don't think he was stupid either i mean thug skirt no i don't think thug skirt would have been one of his primal prime songs on all eyes on me. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what's your general feeling about Eminem? Uh, I think he's the shit, but I think Eminem just, you know, where the fuck did you go wrong? I mean, new shit, garbage, you know. I understand you should change with the times, and I get it, but, you know, I just don't like it. You didn't, you didn't like the beat, or you didn't like the lyrics? I or? don't like the, I don't, even though new shit with Rick Rubin, I think it's garbage. Hmm. I don't like it. I've, you know, and and I love when he was hip hop. And I loved actually when he had producers. When he didn't produce himself. I see. Because, you know, yeah, you're one of the greatest rappers ever. No doubt about it. And you're white. Yes, we are applauding. But I think that you are too far away from what <coughs> we started liking you for. I see. Um... I want to ask a couple more, but I got. I just remember I went to. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Jimmy Fallon. He's mm -hmm. a TV host in uh, New York, and he's taking over the Tonight Show. And I went one episode because my friend Russell Peter was on, 
and he was doing stand up on the show. He's friend with Millie Mel, mm -hmm. and uh, he was there. And I think somebody in the music department kind of asked him to do it. Man, I have to say, when I, you know, I guess he was the guy who originated calling himself MC, one of the first one to call himself Probably. MC. Yeah, and and I was blown away. I know I've heard him, but when you hear an old school like guy like that doing music. And I think he was supposed to be a few minutes, but people loved it so much. I, I I think he went for a long time. And um, Nick, it was something else, man. It, it it really was something else. Like it was like Time Machine. That when I was listening to him do the music, it really took me back in the '80s. You know, um, it, it was fantastic. And Russ also introduced me to Ku Herc and uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the just you know. Uh, fantastic. I'm, I'm from a DJ Spinbad and all those guys from New York. And I should study more because the, it's kind of funny. I met them before I knew anything about it. And after I meet them, I, I just kind of catch a look. And then when I hear, like, God damn, these, you know, these guys are the guys, you know, every one of those guys. Um, but before I forget, is it true? Um, uh, Easy -E is the one who gave you that name, Cool Hands. Uh, no, it wasn't easy. It wasn't oh. easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was no, it was no. Uh, no, I got I got cold hands. Cold hands was because we in our spare time when we wasn't doing music, we would drink mm -hmm. and and gamble uh, amongst ourselves. And um, I had I don't know. I just I just I just had the luck. I won everybody's money plus their caps <laughs> and their hats and their shoes. Um, but um, but we could sit in a I mean, in in a hundred degrees, uh, no AC, um, you know, sweating. But once cards came out, my my hands would turn icy cold. It, it's funny because when Ulnar said, "You know, Nick cool hands," and like first time I heard, like I thought it was some mixed martial arts guy just knocking the shit out of people. Because <laughs> it sounds like you beat. It sounds like you no, kicking no, the no, shit no, out no, of no, people. No, 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 not even far from. No, I've. And plus, you know, it has a. I think it has a nice ring to it. Cold hands, you know. Oh, it's a, it's a great name. I know? mean, and and if I really have to, you know, turn up the swag, I just you know put a G in instead of a C, and then it's gold hands. <laughs> How, how you know? I, I'm I'm curious. Like, how much are you surprised? How much the uh, appreciation for hip hop have changed in the last 25 years? Uh, oh yeah, uh, especially I, in Europe. I mean, I I I always laugh when I see European white kids rapping, whether in Paris or Berlin. Like, I, I just because you know, even I, I'm 44, so I grew up in the 80s and. It took them a long time to put hip hop music in MTV because they were just afraid to do yeah, that. You know, yeah. there was a time. It's funny to tell young kids like, "What? Yeah, there was time they were afraid to put." I mean, MC, MC Hammer, they were comfortable with that, but any like gangster rap, they were really, really worried. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal now, but uh, I mean, we did when we came back from the states. We did our own group called DGP, <laughs> and we did a couple of albums and. Because rap wasn't, well, there was some rap, some Danish <clears throat> rap that got played on the radio, but it wasn't really like rap rap. Like, we, we loved rap. So we sat down to make a track that would have would get radio play, but would be a track that we would like to listen to. Mm -hmm. And but then we did this track, and this track actually exploded. It was like, um, it was <clears throat> like... Um, some people call it the 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 Danish version of um, Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And um, 
And this was the first time that when that came on the on the radio, and this was '98. When that came on the radio, it was the first time we actually started hearing rap in Danish radio around there because we were the one of the you know prime one of the prime examples of that you could actually get rap. You could say some dirty ass shit and get it on radio. Also, because they don't censor in Danish radio. Is that right? Yeah, you can you can play fuck the police all the way through. Yeah, and we don't do that in states. We never did. Nope. Yeah. nope. No, because we're very, you know, on a whole freedom of speech thing. And there's a tradition of that you don't censor. That's true. And in Sweden and Denmark, even like uh, pornography, you guys were the first one. Yeah, uh, we live in the free speech. And uh, yeah, De Denmark was the first to release porn. Yes. And legalize it. Yeah, legalize uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that, you know. I was born in Japan, but I'm a, I'm a U.S. citizen now. I love my country a lot, but there's just many things about Scandinavia that just make me think twice, you know. And one of them is the free speech because well, we have history too. Mm -hmm. Think about this. I mean, the states are what 250 years old. Yeah. I mean, when we were 250 year old, we would live in cages and knock each other with woods, <laughs> yeah. wooden yeah. sticks, you know. So therefore, I mean, the reason why we got what we got is because we have a thousand year history. We yeah. have learned from mistakes. Generations yes. have learned from mistakes. Americans haven't. Plus, I mean, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't one people. It was, you know, hundreds of people from different places, thousands of people from different places that came together as one. Yeah. Which again, you know, creates a whole different sets of problems, and it doesn't give that homogenic um, center of where you can actually. And you can't really mirror yourself in other people that looks different. You mm -hmm. can see that in the states right now. People are so segregated, and w and it gives more calmness in society when you when you look like other people. Sure. Yeah. Um. A couple, couple more. Um. I'm curious what you think of Kanye West. I think he's a fucking fool. I think somebody <laughs> should slap the shit out of him. I think you know what he just said. I heard that he said he's the that Nelson Mandela was cool. But he could touch people better by his music. Could somebody please just throw something heavy in, into his head? How, how much of it, like he really mean it, and I, I, and how much of it? Do no, you I think, think he's sick. I think he's sick. I, no, I think he's mentally sick. I think there's something wrong with that dude. Okay, put that put that side for a moment. Technically, a, a lyric and music wise, singer wise, how I mean, I think that I think that he is he's transcending from. He's like an Andy Warhol of music. That 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 that's a great that's a great uh, way to describe him. You know, because it's not it's not music no more. I mean, his new video with Kim Kardashian, and you know, it's it's not for the listener. It's not like I'm gonna play you a funky song. No, it's more like, well, I have a statement because now, you know, music <clears throat> is music business today. Is part music. Back in the days, it was about the music. Now it's part music. Now it's about being famous and being known, and that's really the the driving force behind everything. Mm -hmm. But and that's what he emphasizes with that video, is that it's just him and his 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 conquest of 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 this you know craved lady on a bike, and you know. And first of all, you know, what the fuck is up with that nature shots in the beginning? This ain't National <laughs> Geographic, you know? And then it just doesn't make sense to me. And it, it, it's, it's not, 
is arrogant. He's arrogant, and something's wrong with him. I mean, but let's, but he he is good what he does though. But I you mean, know what it is mm-hmm. again. I don't, you know, if if I have a good again, it's about taste. You can't really discuss taste, but if I like an album, I'm gonna put it on back home. I have not listened to a Kanye West album since 808 Heartbreak. From there, he kind of lost me. Mm. There's some good tracks on there, and now and then he comes out with a good track. But other than that, no, no, he should be slapped like a stupid stepchild. <laughs> I, but I, I got to remind everyone and the Andy Warhol references. That's a pretty perfect. It's a perfect description. He's, I mean, he's yeah. actually he's an artist. Mm-hmm. No, no question, he's yeah. an artist. But it just seems as if, you know, he he's he he got an understanding for how to promote himself, which is fantastic. Problem is now he's not believing his own bullshit. I see. I mean, walking into a sign to get fucking publicity. Could somebody just take that sign and slap it again with it? It's just stupid. Because some, you know, he was complaining because um, he he didn't think Kate Upton was appropriate for representing Marilyn Monroe. He thought uh, his his wife, oh, Kim Kardashian, should have been like, you know, he just went off on that. <laughs> but you know what though? You know what? You know what he actually should? Mm-hmm. I think that he should go to a poor country and start all over again. I think he should. I really think he should, you know, have like a project, like a, like a, like a less return to Kanye West, and maybe you know, maybe start to see what other people see, because he doesn't see what other people see. He's just he's a hypocrite. He's, uh, and I'm tired of people always saying, "Well, he's an idiot, but he's a genius." So, I mean, you know. Uh, an idiot is an idiot. No matter, you know, you can't be excused because you're good at stuff. You're still an idiot. And people always say that in the same sentence. I'm like, let's just pause at that. He's an idiot. Pause. And then, yes, he has made great music, but he's still an idiot. No, I know you have a question, but let me ask a couple more. Then I, 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 I want you to ask uh, whatever the question. Um, what, what, what about, um, have you had a chance to meet Jay-Z? Or what, what do you think? No, uh, but the utmost respect. Yeah. Utmost respect. And the thing about, you know, again, Kanye is so sensitive. I hate sensitive rappers. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, if you are badass, you know, be a badass. But JC, you know, he's been, people have been trying to get at JC for so long. They've been trying to diss him. He hasn't acknowledged him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he goes off on everybody, destroys them. And then he sh- then he doesn't say anything again. Then he just pauses. I love that, and I think he is a. I think he he has the foresight. I think he has the understanding, and I think that he. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, he is married to one of the most beautiful women in the world. That seems that she genuinely love him as well. Oh yeah, and you know they're, they're, they're really great team they're really great they're, team they're, they're great, team, great, yeah. great team and they're likable again they're likable and he seems humble he doesn't seem like an arrogant asshole again you know be a good person you know you can be you can be a fantastic musician you can be Michelangelo you know but be a good person please you know I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about him and this is years ago I saw um, Jay-Z on Charlie Rose which is traditionally a show interviewing important people and all sorts of whether business politic and movie or music and I didn't really know Jay-Z a whole lot but when I was listening to him 
Jesus, he was very intelligent, very thoughtful, and he had a vision where he wanted to go with his project. And uh, you know, he's doing he's doing a lot. I mean, not just movie and TV, music. He's big in sports, representing uh, his client, uh, Robinson Cano, who just signed with the Seattle Mariners for two hundred forty million dollars, and he had a big part of that. And uh, he, I mean, he's just and well, he's always been on top of his game musically. I remember. When I first heard of him, mm-hmm. it was on a record with an artist called The Jazz, where it was double tempo rap, and I remember, I remember The Jazz, and I vaguely remember his verse on there, but I just remember that he was as good as the guy who was on the record, mm-hmm. and it was his record, uh. and um, and plus, I mean, he's made so many, I mean, blue whole blueprint thing. Um, and again, it seems as if that the production was equally good as the rap; it matched, which I love, because that's a that's that's a, a musical piece for me. Yeah, I I um, there was some uh, Christmas like time book they released, and they were giving like breakdowns and like, and you know, I just take music for granted. Like, I don't know what what these lyrics mean, but when I looked at it, and they were giving explanations, I'm like, wow, this guy really put. <laughs> You know, it's not like some random words. Every word, there's no fat in anything, you know? And there's a reason why he put these words. And, like, well, it, it, it really, like, they were breaking it down, like, the way English literature professor break down Shakespeare's work. And they were doing the same thing with his work, you know? And uh, for him to write these things, to sing and perform the way he does, and to be not only just being an artist, but he's also a businessman, too. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, and this is this is why he's uh, obviously Beyonce is another, of course, extremely talented, dedicated person. But I saw her in Tonight Show years ago. And usually, when you have a star showing, I'm in the audience member, right? And uh, whenever the big female star show off, they clap. When when she walked in, it was completely quiet because I think everyone was stunned how beautiful she she was. And uh, it's almost like looking like Japanese anime you if you pick this star's face with this star's uh, uh, boobs and this star this another person's ass and leg that's the Beyonce was yeah. like that and she was very personable and she, plus I mean I've got nothing against JC the way he looks but he is not like what you would call a very handsome man he's got charisma mm-hmm. but he he looks like he looks and that's also why you know you believe that when they're together, they're together because they love each other, yeah. not because it's a publicity stunt. They're actually interested in each other. Yeah, love that, it's genuine. And, and and the way I keep reading about those two uh, relationship, it was always started as a great friendship. Yeah, I mean, I know it sounds corny. I don't want to sound like Doctor Phil or something, but <laughs> you know, you know, it doesn't look like it's not like some ghetto ass guy or some. Bitch with nice touch and ass, and the, no, it wasn't like that. Oh, it, it, it always started with you know respect and friendship. You know, it was civilized. Yeah, and like you, uh, I, I've never met them, but, but I mean, I saw Jay Z was walking in some re- fancy place in Hollywood one time. But, um, but those two, it just seemed like this is a genuine friendship. Yes, you know, you know, yes, this is a team, and they have a child now, and uh, they're 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 uh, they're trying to go to another level, you know, and uh, I don't know who's more excited. Is it? Jay-Z and Beyonce meeting Obama and his wife or is Obama and his wife excited to see Jay-Z and Beyonce you know well really, when yeah. you just asking that question you know puts them 
in a category where it's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And two more people. I'm just curious, and I want mm -hmm. I want to let Aruna. know. Um, Chris Brown. What 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 do you what do you think Chris about Chris Brown? Yeah. What do you think about him? Singer. Yeah. I think he's very talented. Um, I just think that you know he just acts out on what's happening around him. Mm -hmm. Still young, I think. I, I, so, so young. I, but you know the. I, I just I, hope people don't give up on him. You know. I hope that I hope that he doesn't lose himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the belly of the beast of the uh, music industry, I hope that he keeps on doing music mm -hmm. because I think he's very talented. I think his dancing skills are overrated. I don't think he's new Michael Jackson. Hell no, I can't really. Yeah, I think he's a, a great dancer. I think he's a great dancer, but it's but not. You like don't want to put it in Michael's level. He don't have like a signature move. Mm -hmm. And when he does signature moves, he does Michael's moves. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, in order to be a, a, a dancer up in Michael's level, mm -hmm. you have to have signature moves where when you make the move, when everybody makes the move, you say, oh, that's a Chris Brown move. He doesn't have that. But he's a fantastic singer, and he's very talented, and he's so young. And I just think that he just acts out on all the bullshit in the business. And, and again, you know, if you, take the, if you take the childhood away from people, you yeah. see what happened to Michael. Um, and the last one was, I, I, I kind of want to know what you think of Rihanna in general. I mean, uh, I think Rihanna is, I think that she has amazing ability. I think, I think the, 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 the biggest strength with her is in the songwriting. Because mm. obviously she doesn't have a great voice. She doesn't have a huge voice. She doesn't have a Beyonce voice. But she has a, a style that fits right now. And, she has a she and plus she seems cool as well. Yeah, way cool. She seems as if she is taking it with drive. That it doesn't really surprise her that there's so many things that she has to do, and she seems genuinely like you know when she meets fans, she seems as if when she gives them a hug, she gives them a hug, and I love that. And I think that you know she seems as if she she's coming out. Of, she just needs to do what she's doing. I, I'm not joking when I say this. She's a woman. You know what I mean? She's like a, woman. a real woman. No, no, she's she a woman. She doesn't play this teeny bopping thing. She's woman. Yeah. She doesn't need anything uh, gimmicky. Nope. But boy, just just the way she carries herself, and I, you know, I don't know how to break down music, but like the way she, the way. I mean, obviously she's she's got an amazing body in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's something about her. It's this she energy. Has, this energy that you feel. So again, um, JC. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know what it, um, you know. I'm sure people have one hit wonder, and they could milk that for a long time. But like she, she's the star, just like Beyonce. They really were. There's something about them. But for, for me, Rihanna is the one. Like wow, this is like. She's very. It it seems as if it's effortless. Yeah, she seems very effortless. It seems as if said that she has some kind of energy reserve that not a lot of people have. Yeah, she's not trying to be cool. She is cool. She is cool. She's not trying to be pretty. She is beautiful. Yes, she's a first it, mover. Yeah, it, and um, it's almost like she's she's. I know she's really young, but she seemed like way back. You know, she came from way back in. Is she's from Trinidad, Trinidad or Trinidad? Yeah, something like that. Caribbean, Barbados. Barbados yeah. yeah, there's some earthliness to her. Exactly. That, you know, and. Um, I just uh, I mean I gotta say it's sexual energy too you feel that too oh yeah definitely yeah. definitely but it seems as if it's never forced mm -hmm. and I love the way that she doesn't have to change herself 
I love that she looks the same. She, she's got that effortless beauty. She's just beautiful yeah. without even trying. And you know, again, and I understand there's a lot of pressure on being beautiful and everything, but you know, the thing that she doesn't get ass implants and big titties and stuff mm. just makes her even more fantastic. Well, I mean, she's already born perfect, so you know. You well, know. you know, but again. <laughs> A lot of people, you know, has even though that they were stunningly beautiful, have beginning to change their face, sure, because they thought that it would make them even more beautiful. And obviously, <laughs> a lot of times because people was whispering in their ear and saying, yeah. "Well, this is right, this is not right," and um, but she seems like she has, uh, she's grounded. Yeah, and um, I oh boy, I better be careful how I say this. I um. I didn't like when Chris Brown did all that nonsense with her, but when she went back with him, I could kind of understand because there's nothing like makeup sex, you know. Those two, there's something. I I just think no, but I mean she's this young. fucking comes when they're angry with each other. I think <laughs> that's my porno background talking, and like the way Chris danced, I know he fucks like amazing, you know. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. I can't imagine. No, but you know what though, and and as well, you. I'm not saying go hit women. I'm just saying there's something about anger and aggression, but that could translate into like amazing. Definitely, sex. definitely. No, but again, she's she's also young. Yeah, and she has to make her own experiences. I don't know if she she would have the same. I don't know if she would do the same if she was 10 or 15 years older. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's kind of like I just think when Michael Jordan got older, he changed his game. He yeah. was consistently great. But he know that when you get older, you you change your game because he has a great intelligence. And I think uh, someone like her and and Jay Z and Beyonce, they, first of all, they don't people don't give them credit. They're really incredibly intelligent people. Mm. First, you know, you you can't be a dummy to succeed in that nope. business. Consistent ba- uh, year after nope. year, you know. And um, I think uh, I think. Um, I think Rihanna, when she get older, she will talk about more mature stuff, you know, and she'll change with time. Problem is, when you're forty or fifty, still trying to be teeny bopper shit, you know, that that doesn't work. It doesn't know? work. It doesn't work. You can't try to dunk when you're fifty. You have to change your game. Yeah, yeah. And and I think they're doing it beautifully. Maybe that's the thing that maybe you're annoyed with Eminem because maybe he's not changing with the time. <laughs> it, well, I actually think he is changing with the times. But maybe he's not changing it, right? It just it to me. In my taste, in my opinion, I think that he <clears throat> is doing it. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I liked his early stuff. I really did. I thought that you know, Stan was genius. I think that you know, but again, it was the beat was there too. I and mean, he he hit us like tsunami. I yeah, mean, yeah, really. Oh yeah, he did. I said, like, who the fuck is this white guy? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And plus, you know, the first two or three albums was. I mean, I can listen to those albums, yeah. and and. And not a lot of rappers can make me laugh. He can make me laugh. He really oh no, can. they have a lot of sense of humor in it. Yeah, he's a very, very funny guy. And yeah. and and just being clever, able, clever, and also it's it's ballsy to go out and be humorous about rap. Also, because you have to be so fucking macho all the time. That I think that in order to do that, you have to have a sense of you know self security in yourself mm-hmm. in order to do that. 
Um, before I finish, um, I'm here with my friend Una. He's actually, uh, when I say this, people probably laugh. He's, he's a funny com comedian, but he's also a professor. But he, but before he dabbled in being a professor in the stand-up, he was heavily involved in hip-hop music in Iceland. And I didn't know until he told me when he mentioned you, you guys are like distant relatives. You guys are actually kind of related to each other. Well, you know, almost everybody in Iceland is. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't mean like no no but I'm you not, know, I don't mean but like listen, inbreeding. You, no, no no but no. but you know what you know what though they actually have an app they have an app that if you meet a girl in 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 town mm -hmm. in Iceland at a bar you can through this app figure out how close related you are oh because really? you have to yeah so you won't be screwing your cousin <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So here, here, uh, Unar's gonna <laughs> ask me as many questions, and uh, here's the mic, Unar. Thanks. Uh. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do this short. Um, okay. No, 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 just go. All right. No. Um, well, the thing is, I, I mean, I have to ask you. Um, we were talking about um, artists that die at their prime, or you know, artists we might want to wish that died ten years ago. <laughs> so that does that mean now we're talking Kanye? That you know. No, I'm not saying the kind. No, 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 no. I don't wish. I don't wish. I don't wish anybody's. You know that, that they should. They should die. But you would remember him differently, right? If, if I definitely would. But I have to say though, I actually think that he is capable of greatness. So yeah. I actually think that. I hope that this is a phase. I hope that he actually. You know. I hope that somebody slaps him, and and tells him. You know, I genuinely like you, Kanye. But here's another one. And 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 actually convinces him that what he's doing is wrong, way wrong. And he's he's punishing himself, and he's punishing his fans, and he's punishing everybody that actually enjoys his energy. Yeah, he I, is. I agree with you. I mean, when he was working for No Idea and a DJ No ID in uh, in Chicago like 15 years ago, he was doing great, great stuff. So I wish no, and and you know the whole thing about you know through the wire, yeah, that, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. I mean, that's fucking ballsy yeah, yeah, to yeah. rhyme with your mouth shut. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I got to give it to you. That's hardcore. Yeah. But I don't see any kind of hardcore around him right now. Nope. I mean, the only hardcore is, you know, hardcore stupidness. That might be, you know, the only thing he clings on to. I agree. Well, um, the only thing that I I really enjoyed the interview because I was sitting here in the sideline and, and listening. And uh, I, I obviously we go way back and... Uh, I, I, I gotta admit that you know I've been looking forward to listening to these old um, war stories from uh, from Los Angeles and 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 Yoshi being from Los Angeles and uh, that's super interesting to me. Even though I think you've underplayed your uh, role a little bit, uh, you know the the humbleness, and and I respect that. That's 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 cool. That's the way you are. I do want you to um, try to. Maybe recall a, a a couple of funny episodes from that time. Um, for instance, your um, your trip to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, where you, uh, I mean, when when you left for LA, you guys were East Coast hardcore hip hop heads. When you guys came came back, you were all pimped out, and you know the strip <laughs> game and all that. <laughs> well, no, the, the thing about it is when we came back from, I mean, again, this was in the beginning of the internet yeah so when we came back people had no idea what what we uh, what we came back with i mean the whole thing with khakis i mean i remember ironing my fucking boxers 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 you know, I mean, my 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 um, and and you know, the whole khakis thing. And the, I'm, you, I mean, our lead rapper Joker, who yeah. was also in in our uh, production crew. I mean, it was legendary that he actually, as the first person, entered the hottest club in Copenhagen, where you had to wear a suit. But he came in with Nike Cortez, Nike shoes, uh, football socks, um, Dickie shorts, wife beater, cane, and a hairnet. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, wow. you know, and people had never seen anything like this and this is also a part of i mean our rap group got you know pretty uh successful in denmark mm -hmm. but one of the things why we got successful was also because we came back with something they haven't seen before we were one of the first to actually throw the zip code from our city yeah yeah because yeah. nobody has ever seen that and i mean we're from not a hick town but not a very big town outside copenhagen and it wasn't cool to say that you were from red hill But if you can say it in with signs, mm -hmm. you were cool as fuck. It was cool to say it like that. And we were actually also the first to actually print zip codes on our caps, right. which was also an LA thing that we saw. Um, so I mean, coming back with all that new, uh, that new way of looking at things and and things that people haven't seen gave us a definite edge. And um, and also because I mean, LA is just LA. I mean, there's no other place in L.A. I've never seen and experienced any other place in L.A. that has that vibe and that style. And I have to say, though, I mean, a lot of hip-hop heads, some hip-hop heads I know, doesn't really like L.A. music. Mm -hmm. They actually think that it's uh, that it's it's not um, it's too lazy. I actually heard my friend say it's, it's lazy. It's lazy music because it's so laid back. I love it. In, in a light... Uh professor and mythologist Joseph Campbell talk about how Beatles are heroic because they went to India brought the musical tradition from India to the West you know this is such a uh, they brought the treasure and you know this is a very important cultural contribution I think in the same token you did that for Europe when you work with those guys you know you, you you know so um, I never uh, thought about it like that but yeah you're right no, no, no because uh, just imagine how much other kids you have influenced because you brought this music from LA You know, you can't True. get bigger than you know Easy E back in. So you brought it. So uh, I think that's amazing. Oh no, go and keep asking. I like all the things you're asking. So <laughs> here, here's my. I I I don't want to keep you away from whatever you work you have to do. No, here. no, that's no. But it's Unar, you got plenty of time. If more question you have for me, I love this uh, because you know him better than I do. So keep asking all this interesting question. Here we go. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, I I really I remember asking you um about the the whole strip club thing because when you guys came back. It was all about like uh, the West Coast edge and, and and like the stripper thing, and that was kind of new for us. And then you actually told me that you guys or you kind of fell in love with all that stuff, not in LA but in Atlanta. Yeah, well, we went to Magic City in uh, in Atlanta, and I have never seen a party like that. Yeah, ever. And it wasn't like the stereotype strip club type of feel also because we came in with dallas austin you know <laughs> that kind of helped a little but i mean just coming in there people were dancing on 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 tables and the energy was kicking and i, I thought well if this is a strip club this is good <laughs> this ain't just some sweaty motherfucker sitting there you know looking at you know of of 
oversized ass woman, you know, grinding a pole. No, this was a party. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've never seen a party like that ever again. I mean, coming over here, you mm-hmm. you know how the strip clubs are over here. Sad. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. <laughs> and but this is also because of the cultural thing. I mean, yeah. you know, black people dance. Mm-hmm. They feel the music. White people attend the music. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, Yoshi, that's that's the same with comedy. That's a good explanation. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much. The, I've I've I've, I've um, you know performed in the U.S. with comedy and 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 in in different countries in in Europe, and African Americans in in the U.S. tend to they they go for a comedy show to laugh oh they participate and, and they laugh and they and participate, I love that you know but here um well people laugh and it's different i mean the the crowds that we the rooms that we do are you know people are not afraid of our style of comedy but but a lot of people in De- denmark and in europe they they listen yeah it's very they're, they're we're very reserved yeah. we're just a little reserved and um and maybe a little afraid i mean swedish <coughs> excuse me swedish people Um, we have we have a, a certain law to live by in Denmark, but in Sweden, mm. you are raised with guilt. Yeah, if you're guilty, that is the worst thing in the world. Mm. If let's say that you've ran a red light or you did something that maybe wasn't that bad, but you got jail time for it. Mm. If you get out of jail and you move into an apartment building. And people find out that you have been to prison. You start at the very bottom. Mm, yeah. In Denmark, people tend to say, <laughs> "So where do you hit the money?" Yeah. <laughs> in Sweden, it's more like, "Oh, we can we can associate with him. Yeah. He's an ex-convict. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's guilty." But it's true. I I I I, I love going to Sweden, and Swedish people are super nice. But I used to live in Sweden, and they live by the rules, like like you know, times ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again. Yeah. Do not be guilty. No. Live by the rules. Absolutely. And it's just different. Um I wanted to ask you something because all all the time throughout throughout the years when we uh, when we have drinks before you go clubbing or whatever we do. Um I always try to get some of the funny funny stories from way back and uh I must admit like one of my favorite stories of all times must have been i mean, you taught me how to play dominoes, like L.A. Compton style. You know, the way that if if somebody does something wrong, you could take like the piece, the domino throw piece, it? and throw it the fuck yeah, away yeah, and like yeah, humiliate yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So there was a story um, where when you playing with MC Ren and and some some cats from Cypress Hill. Yeah. No, it was no, it was Ren. No, it was Ren. it wasn't like a big thing. It was more like you know I was sitting there playing dominoes with Ren and. You know, this was his game. Yeah. You know, you could feel that this was his game. Yeah. No, nobody better than Ren at this game. But it seems as if the cracker was whooping him. But he wasn't really, you know, acknowledging it up until the, the, the <laughs> up, up until the the time where the the um the bodyguards asked him. So he whooping that white boy's ass. Only thing that came out was like a primal sound. Of, uh, <laughs> and I see it, you know. I mean, if you've been playing it all your life, and you know you got this, you know, cracker from Scandinavia who right. just got his feet wet, and you know, hadn't really played more than a, you know, ten, fifteen games, and he's whooping your ass, you know, <laughs> and plus people put, especially black people, have you know, spades and dominoes. 
if you're good at that, you got mm. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, you can win some money. But you know, it's <laughs> it's it's more like a it's a status thing. Yeah. If you're good at that, you know, you get acknowledged. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna um let you off for a minute now okay. and, and and pass the mic back to to the man himself, Yoshi. Um, even though I would love to hear some of the stories, even though you know the ones from Denmark, you know. You 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 playing American football on the dance floor with uh, Freddie Fox and all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I'll 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 leave yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that. Yeah, that was, maybe cool. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but uh, yeah, I passed the mic to uh, to Yoshi. Thanks a lot. So um, you know we should we should wrap it up. But w- w- so what what's show uh, um plan? I mean, what's your next five ten year plan? Um, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, music industry is just boring me. Mm. It's it's just, but I have um, I uh, I have a roommate that um, that is one of the best producers in Denmark, and he is producing. What's uh, his name? His name is Is E S S, and um, he is one of the best producers in Denmark. One of the hardest working producers in Denmark. He just finished actually today. He just finished another album for the best selling rapper in Denmark called LOC Liam O'Connor. <clears throat> and um, rapper you, you guys put on. Yeah, actually, yeah, the rapper we put on. Um, he he was heavily influenced by West Coast, and we acknowledged him, you know, right off the bat. But um, <clears throat> he actually um, he actually uh, <clears throat> he uh, he to- he told me the other day that maybe we should have a West Coast day during the week, and just to sit down and just make West Coast beats. <laughs> and <laughs> And I'm actually, I'm actually really giving that some some thought, but um, it's just that to me, it's just it's 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 a hassle when you always have to have something that other people like. Sure. I mean, I've always, I mean, I've always, especially ever since I came back to Denmark, I always thought, well, of course, I need to hit something that people like and that I like. But it seems as if that what people like is more and more being dictated. That it has to be something you have to, you have to be there for the crowd, and you have to make him love you, and and it it and plus I'm not a very I don't like red carpet pictures. I don't like being in the magazines. I don't like being on stage. I don't you like. You just want to work. You just I want just want to work, and yeah. I just actually just want to be behind the scenes because I want to pass you know the uh, the the attention to people who really enjoy it. Sure. And um, so I mean, my five ten year plan, I mean. Be happy. Be because uh, right as of now, I'm you know I I can't be in a better place. Damn! I wish you you would write a book of, of all the <laughs> crazy. I mean, I know you could. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I'm sure you could write a book about all the. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stories. The good, the bad, and the ugly stuff. You yeah, know? you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Den Denmark, Denmark, happy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know this. Um, Time in so fast, but um, uh, once again, Nick Cohen's uh, uh, man is for real, and um, um, you know I appreciate you sharing your experience in history, and uh, I hope I'll get you get you on the podcast again because I think I want to study more of it. And I have so much more questions, you know. But um, uh, is, 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 do you have a website or Twitter account where the fans could kind of check out what you're doing and and, and follow you? Well, you know, website? I'm on Facebook, Nick Cohen's. Okay. And um, do you have a company website or anything like that? Magnusreal.com. Okay. Um, well, I, Nick, I it, it was really fun. Thanks, thanks for doing this. And uh, I think um, should be 
first, hopefully in uh, January we'll upload it and uh, uh, I'll get your information and put it up and let everybody kind of follow you up. But, Fantastic. Uh, but th thanks for sharing. This is uh, this is great. I mean, I um, I love this personal story about people that uh, everybody know but they don't know. They don't have a personal story to, uh, for them. So thanks for doing the show. And uh, Unar, thanks for doing And I'm interviewing you hopefully uh, on Tuesday. And uh, once again, uh, please follow Nick Cohans on Facebook. And uh, once again, I'm dedicating this episode to uh, uh, illegalmagazine.dk because um, these are our brothers and sisters with the medical pro uh, drug problems, medical problems, and we want to help them. And uh, please, uh, if you're in Denmark, buy the magazines. Uh, it will help them. And uh, uh, Michael Olson, who is in charge of that organization, he's trying to expand it to UK and and and, and uh, my dream. Hopefully, he'll expand in USA because um, uh, these are wonderful people, trouble people with a medical problem, and we should go and help them. So um, uh, please support uh, illegalmagazine.uk. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Unar, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Good night. <laughs>